over and over again. And, um, and sometimes you just get tired, but you know you got to provide for your family. You know you got to get a paycheck. you got bills. You've got things that you've got to do. But I know sometimes, I know if you feel like others, you just wish that you didn't have to. You wish that everything would be provided and you wouldn't have to work or anything like that. But unfortunately, that's the world which we live, and we have to work, we have to provide, we have to, to do as much as we can and, until we hit that retirement mark. And you may be already at that retirement mark, but you still have to work. And it's the same way it is in serving the Lord. You just, you just have to work at it. You know, as I was sharing with you last week, you just you practice your prayer. You, you, it just doesn't happen all of a sudden. You just you practice it and you rehearse it and you go over it and over it and over it again until it becomes part of you. Until you don't, you can't go without it. You see, when you do something for so long, it's like you can't do without it, and it's almost like you just got to get back in that routine again. That's the same way it is through prayer. And so I encourage you uh, through our. 21 days of, of fasting. This now is the 28th day, I believe. We end out on our 21 days. And, and my prayer is that you have fasted and that you have prayed through these 21 days, that you set aside something that you love, that you're so dear to, and gave time out for God uh, in this prayer and fasting. So let's read today as we read every Sunday morning. A lot of you already got it memorized, and that's a good thing because you'll have scripture right there already memorized. Let's read Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across this building today. I have been doing uh, a little bit on the... Lord's Prayer, and, um, and I've been talking about the power of prayer, and, and so while time will permit, as those that are watching today, we thank you for watching us here live. My prayers are something I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get in, uh, as we get into God's Word today, and so you will see on the screen today, we want to look at the passage of Scripture on the Lord's Prayer. And this is a prayer that Jesus literally taught His disciples. I even go a step further. This was going to be the disciples' prayer because they came to Him and they said, Teach us how to pray. And so I want to show you today if Jesus had to teach His disciples on how to pray then this is set up for you and I today so that we can read this even daily. We can read this daily. And I want to share with you because last Sunday I shared with you on knowing how to pray. And a lot of times we don't know how to pray. We don't know where to begin. You know, I've had people come to me and say, well, Pastor, how do you pray? I, I don't know. I don't know how to pray, and so that's why I wanted to hand these handouts to you last week. And if you missed a lot of the handouts uh, this week, go by the Welcome Center today. Pick up that sheet to help you pray, to, to show you how to pray and fast, and how to read your Bible. And I've got a complete uh, line out 
for you for a one year of reading the Bible. These are essential to us all, folks. These are tools that we need in our walk since we're going to begin this a brand new year. And so I want to uh, share with you today on the Lord's Prayer. So if you will go with me to Matthew's Gospel. We're in the New Testament, beginning with the first book of Matthew. And it's going to be the sixth chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. And I'm going to do everything I can to make this not boring to you, but I want this to be benefit to you that when you leave today that you can take something with you on the Lord's prayer because this is listen there is power in prayer now I know uh, you may hear me say that and you may say oh pastor that's what you say that's what you do but I, I want to challenge you today if you try the power of prayer if you pray, as I have said last week on learning how to pray, the adoration, uh, con uh, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, we broke that down on entering in, entering into the courts where God is in the power of prayer. When you, when you put these things together, you can begin to see God moving in your life through the power of prayer. This is the direct line. Let me encourage you today. This is a direct line link to God is through prayer. And He can hear it from your heart. He can, he, he can see it from your mind. But when you physically do it, when you physically go in prayer, that's when the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit the Trinity is there with you when you begin to pray. And a lot of times we may say, well, when I pray, God never answers. I promise you, He is hearing you, and yet He may not answer what you are wanting at the time, but I promise you, He's hearing you, and He's Daddy, He's Abba Father. He knows the very best, He's in it for the very best of you, and He will give you the very best, and He will do exactly what He says He will do. And a lot of times if we ask for everything, it may be things that you're asking for that may be bad for you. And down the road, God sees that what you're asking for could be nothing but trouble. So God knows exactly what you and I need. And all we have to do is step out in faith and believe and let the power of prayer begin to be activated in our hearts and life. And I promise you, God will come on the scene and you will see God move in your life through the power of prayer. Let's look at this. This is the Lord's Prayer, strictly from Him. Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. This is what Jesus said to His disciples. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven. I want you to know he did not acknowledge himself, Jesus, okay? But he acknowledged his Father in heaven. He said, don't pray to me, pray to the Father. He says, our Father, 
which is the, 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 the author, the finisher of our faith, the very beginning and the very uh, the ending. He who begins a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the very end. So Jesus says, look to the Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is where we looked at adoration last week. We adore Him. We, we worship Him. We magnify Him. There's nothing else above Him. There's no other gods above Him, for He is a jealous God. He is a God. He is the number one Jehovah God, the God that we serve over this universe, and yet He is hallowed because we are, He is very sacred, but yet we know that He is a sovereign God, and He reigns and rules, and yet He is the one that we are to look at because He is adored. Your kingdom come, not your, not our kingdom, but God's kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven. What is in heaven, what's bound in heaven is bound on earth. What's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So Jesus begins to let the disciples know that you acknowledge the Father first before anything else. Before you start asking about anything, before you begin to put your request in, you look to the Father for He is going to be your source. And we are to look to the Heavenly Father, for He is our source. He is the one that gives you health and strength. He's the one that provides for you, gives you your job. For you to have the things that you have is the Heavenly Father. We are to acknowledge Him at all times. As Jesus says, verse 11, Give us this day. Our daily bread. Lord, give us the provision that you bring unto us. We just don't assume we're going to get it. We just don't assume that we're just going to receive it. We're not going to assume that we're just going to take it. But we're asking the Heavenly Father to give us this day our daily bread. That Lord, Father, you're going to bring unto us what needs to be brought unto us. And forgive us our debts. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We are in debt. But to forgive us of our debts, everything that we deal with as we forgive our debtors of those that are even around us and do not, look at this, and do not lead us into temptation. Lord, don't let no door open up. Don't let nothing open up to lead me down the wrong road, to lead me down an area of destruction, to lead me down... Something that I, that, that's going to tear me down, that's, that's going to bring me away from your relationship, that's going to cut me and sever me away from your relationship. Lord, do not lead me into the temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is, God the Father, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither your Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, we must continue searching our heart knowing that we have been forgiven from the Father, and if we have been given from our Father, then we are to forgive others around. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. They took a dagger and just began to stab me literally with their words in my back, and you don't know what I've dealt with. You don't know what I... Listen, God says for us to forgive. Why? Because the Heavenly Father sees exactly what's going on. Let me go a step further. God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. In other words, get your hand off of those that are doing you bad, that's doing you wrong, trying to stab a dagger in your back. Forget that. Let God handle them and let God handle you. And I promise you, when the Heavenly Father speaks, You will be blessed and you will see prosperity in your life and you will see the strength of the mighty moving of God when you let God be first and foremost center of your heart and in your life. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying this is the right response. This is the correct response. This is the only response that takes place is when we begin to see the Lord's prayer for what it is. I want you to know today that there are 66 familiar words that are quoted Quoted by millions, sometimes in a great blending of voices that take place, sometimes alone, even in a closet. Why we have the Lord's Prayer and answer to the disciples' plea is to teach us to pray. There are times that Jesus is trying to teach us And yet sometimes Jesus puts us to the test, but He's teaching us as we're going through the test of life. You and I will face the test of life. Some may be facing the test of life now. You may be going through something that nobody knows. You may be dealing with an issue or a circumstance that nobody knows. But God knows And whatever it may be, the test or the trial that you're going through, He's refining you, He is strengthening you, He is providing for you, and letting you know that He is in charge. Because God doesn't doesn't go without seeing anything. As I've said and I will always say, there is no surprise to God. There is no surprise to God. When things come into our life, whether we lose somebody, whether we divorce somebody, whether somebody has done something wrong to you, God sees it all. He already knew before it even began. Why? Because He is the beginning and the end. And He fails not, for He is all-knowing Father. Heavenly Father, listen... Perhaps we should be calling this not only 
Jesus' prayer, but we should call it even our, the disciples' prayer. What is the pattern of prayer? What is it all about, Pastor? What is all this prayer about? Listen, I want to leave a couple of points with you today. My first point today is this, a prayer that calls for relationship with the Father. It is a prayer that calls for a relationship with the Father. This is why it's so important as we look at the Lord's Prayer today, as Jesus taught the disciples, and as we are to see this prayer, it's bringing us into the relationship to God Almighty. When we pray this prayer, we're wanting to communicate to the Heavenly Father, and it's not because of what I can get out of Him, or what He can give me, or what I want, but it's what He's already done for us, and that we are to thank Him, and to acknowledge Him, and that we are to realize that it's God the Father, the sovereign God, that has caused us to be who we are, and to do what we do, and go where we go. It's because of His grace and His mercy. When we see the word, our Father, what a tender word. There's many memories even of fathers. And yet a father of the fatherless. If you don't have a father, you've had a bad memory of your father. Listen, you have a heavenly father. And that's the ultimate father that you, that you could ever have. I was very fortunate to have a wonderful father, a godly father. I tell you, some has told me that has known my father, said, you're going to be like your father. I said, if I can be half a man that my father was, I said, I will be doing good. Because my, my father was a very humble man. Loved the Lord. Showed me how to love the Lord. Showed me how to do what I need to do to be a father today. And I have been blessed and been very fortunate to have two children now that are up and grown. That I have tried to raise them, dedicate them back to the, to the Heavenly Father in baby dedication. But I have prayed for them and I have tried to be the father that I can. I have made mistakes. I've had to tell my children that I am sorry when I would be angry. Yes, you, you mean, Pastor, you've, you've gotten angry? Yeah, I've gotten angry before. And I have been in the wrong. Yeah, I have as a, as a father. I'm, I'm human, guys. And I've had to apologize to them and tell them that I am sorry. And you know what? It means more to your children when a father or a mother can admit that they have done wrong and they can come to their child and say, Listen, I'm sorry. I'm not the perfect father. I'm not the perfect mother, but I'm trying. And when you can say and humble yourself, the Bible says, Jesus says, He that humbles himself shall be exalted, but he that exalts himself shall be humbled. But if you can be humble before even your children, just say, hey, I'm sorry. It means more to them because they know your heart. They see your heart. They see the compassion. They see the love in your eyes. That's just like the hallelujah. That's just like the heavenly father. When we come to the heavenly father, we say, heavenly father, forgive me, Lord, for what I said or what I've done. And when you humble yourself, then God sees and he moves in a mighty way because he's heavenly father. 
have a Father, He will forgive, He will sustain, He will give you the victory, and He will strengthen you day by day when you begin to humble yourself before the Heavenly Father. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Listen, I want you to know He is a Father to the fatherless. The psalmist writes in 68 and 5, he says, A father of the fatherless. If you've never been fortunate to have a wonderful father, I want to introduce you to the heavenly father. Because he is a father to the fatherless. A defender of the widows. Is God in his holy habitations. A father of the fatherless. A defender of the widows. Is God in His holy habitations? Clearly, He lets us know that He is a Father that pitieth His children. Psalms 103 and 13. As the Father pities His children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. You see, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. The Bible says that pride goes before a fall. If we become very prideful and say, I'll never tell my children that I'm sorry because I'm the man of the house and I'll do what I want to do, say what I want to say, go where I want to go, do what I want to do. Listen, you're going to fail and you're going to cause your family to fail. When you have the attitude that I'm right and everybody's wrong, you're going to fail. Because we are never to have the attitude that we're right and everybody else is wrong. We are to humble ourselves before God Almighty because the Heavenly Father sees all and He knows. And for us to be the father or the mother that we need to be, we've got to go back to the Heavenly Father. We've got to communicate with the Heavenly Father so that He can give us wisdom and give us understanding so that we can raise our children, that we can begin to start with a clean slate if we've got to start over. There's nothing wrong in starting over. It's never to say, well, she's too old, he's too old. they got a mind of her own. No! No, it's never too late because when you have your children, you're still designated as the father and the mother of your children till the day they die. Give God praise in the house today. My, fa- my mother told me, son, I'll pray for you till the day I die. And when I was going to the bars... When I was doing boot scooting boogie in all the country uh, bars at my wild oaks in my younger days, I was two-stepping. I was one of the best western dancers around. I could, I could run with them all and hung out with them all. But when I would come back home, my mother would be on her knees praying, begging God for me. And I would wake up the next morning. I said, Mother, why are you in there praying for me? You know I'll never, ever get back in church and I'll never be a preacher and I'll never do it and she looked at me with straight eyes and she said son as long as there's breath in my body I will keep praying for you till the day I die and she meant every word of it and I went on still sowing my wild oaks but my mother kept praying she kept praying 
Who did she pray to, Father? Who did she pray to, uh, Pastor? She prayed to the Heavenly Father. She got in tune with the Heavenly Father. She began to talk to the Heavenly Father. She had built a relationship with the Heavenly Father. She was not letting God go for her children. She was not going to see them die and lose their life into hell's pit. She meant she was going to pray until God came on the scene, on the throne, to begin to save my life. And she held on. I began to rebel, and the harder she'd pray, the harder I'd rebel. The more she would pray, the harder I would rebel. But one day, it didn't answer right then, but one day, God got a hold of my life, and He got a hold of it. And I tell you, He wouldn't let it go. And I'm going to tell you what, all the pride that I had and all the what I'm going to do all went to the wayside and God humbled me and I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and I gave my heart to Jesus in a revival. Listen, I want you to know I want you to know the families today, mothers, fathers, don't give up on your children. Put your children in the altar. Put your children in church. Keep them in prayer because the enemy, the adversary, is out to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's what God clearly lets us know. And if He can, He will do what He can to destroy the nucleus of a family. A family was ordained and designed by God. God designed the family before He designed the church. Let me say it again. God designed the family before He designed the church. And He puts the family together. And I want you to know that today. Listen, He is the everlasting Father. Isaiah 9 and 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon His shoulder, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If there's ever a time that families need peace, is now because the devil is trying to destroy and try to break families up divide families sever them but how a family needs peace how a family needs harmony how family needs unity you see because the devil does not like families to be together he likes families to be separated he likes families to be broken he likes families to be divorced he likes families to be split. But listen, the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. And he's lying to our families. And he may be lying to you today. And for sure I know that he's lying to you. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There's no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Christ Jesus. Only a believer can call God the Father. Jesus came to bring people into the family of God. John R. Rice said this, 
Our position as a born-again sons with a loving father should make us confident and bold in our praying. Our position as a born-again sons with loving fathers should make us confident and bold in our praying. Second, a prayer that calls for reverence towards God. Not only are we to have relationship with God, but a prayer that calls for reverence towards God. We live in a world where there are those that are not reverencing God. They, they would just stick their finger at God, get mad at God, thinking that God is not even real. But as we look at the word, hallowed be thy name, we should approach God with worship and adoration. Reverence is more than just being quiet in church. Reverence is more than just being solemn during the, the, the prelude. Listen, reverence is recognizing in the holiness of God. It's recognizing God of who He is. And sometimes we wear God out by saying what we want. Always know that God already knows what you want. He sees your heart. He knows your heart before you even begin to speak because He knows your thoughts before you begin to think. But what God is wanting us to recognize is His wholeness. His holiness of God, the wholeness of God, that God has everything for you. He has everything. God isn't lacking anything. God has everything. God wants the best. Listen, i got to say this. God wants the very best for you. God is not a God of old things. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. They become brand new. I know you like brand new stuff. I like brand new stuff. I don't like old hand-me-downs. I don't like old dilapidated, uh, broke-down stuff. I like brand new stuff. You like brand new stuff. Let me go a step further. Some of our guys that handle cordless drills. I love drills. I've had a brand new drill. And I love that drill. I can't say the name of the drill because I'd be advertising it, so I better not do that. But I love the drill that I got. It's cordless. I can do a lot of things with it. It's not old. It's a new drill. I like that. I like the feel of a drill. I, I can drill things. Just like a, a lady that likes things in her house. She, she likes utensils. She likes new pots. She likes new appliances. She likes These are things that, that we all like. We like something brand new. You're not going to cook a cake in somebody's old pan that's all uh, messed up in the bottoms oven, burnt through the ovens. No, you're going to clean, clear pan so you can put that batter in if you want to bake a nice cake. You see, all of us like new things. And so I want you to know God wants to give you brand new things because He's about new things. He's about giving what you're needing as well. The Bible clearly lets us know that we are to recognize His holiness. 
Reverence is an acknowledgement of even personal sin. Reverence is the faith in our holy and loving God. Reverence is living carefully because God is holy. We're not to take God nonchalant. We're not to put God on the shelf and say, God, I'll pick you back up when I need you. But right now, you're good right there. I got this. No, God's not a God of a shelf. He's not a God to pick him when, when something bad's going on in your life. It's not when you pull him out. God wants a personal relationship with you every day. That's why it's essential for us to pray. That's why it's essential to communicate with God. God wants to hear about your day. And listen, you can tell him as well about your day. Listen, my third point today in closing. A prayer that calls for the return of the Lord. A prayer that calls for the return of the Lord. Thy kingdom come. Praying this prayer is praying for Christ and His return. For neither none of us know when Christ is going to return. Not even, the, not even the angels in heaven know. These disciples expected the kingdom then, but it was not for the kingdom to come. They thought the world was ready and thought He would come. But yet the world is more ready now uh, than then. Christ will come and set up His kingdom one day. There will be peace over the earth. The earth will be filled with the knowledgement, the knowledgement of, of the uh, Lord. Again, the earth will be filled and there will be knowledge of the Lord that will come through. The enmity between people and animals will end. The desert will bloom as a rose. The earth will produce its abundant crops. Each communion service, we look forward to the kingdom as we participate. We participated at Christmas. We'll participate again at Easter. It reminds us of the forward of the kingdom to come. Yet I want you to know today, in my closing, this is a wonderful pattern of prayer. The question is, can we pray the Lord's Prayer? And are you one of His children? John's Gospel 1 and 12 says this, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name. As many as received Him, as many has come to Him, He has given them the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name. Today, are you ready for the return of our Lord? Now is a time for us to communicate with prayer. Because the power of prayer is what's going to change your life and my life. It is very vital. I, I wanted you to realize this, that even through our prayer and fasting, did you know prayer and fasting was more important than the food that you eat or the water that you drink? It is so important in our lives that our prayer life would come alive. That our fasting, communicating with God as we push something aside and we acknowledge our Lord and Savior, how important that it is 
for us to pray and fast that we not let things take the place of God the Father. That we not let it take the place. That we understand that we need Him more than ever before. Don't put something else in the place of God. Don't substitute something else for God. God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. He doesn't like to be second-handed. He doesn't like to be second-fiddle. He likes to be number one. You've heard me say He is number one. He is Lord of all. If He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. Because He is Lord of all. Stand with me across the building today.